Shut up and sit down. Welcome, welcome, everybody. Oh, I feel so strange. We are in a strange day in a strange place. We're on a Thursday where we're supposed to be. We're on a day that doesn't matter. It's a normal episode. It's episode, in fact, 276 of Third Shift. Hello, everybody. Yes, it has been a time. It has been strange. We've been all over the place. All sorts of stuff's been going on. But we finally got back to the usual, the normal rigmarole, and I'm happy. It feels good. It feels right. We're back for like one week. I, I mean, know, next, and then it's all screwed up again. I mean, next week can work, but it traditionally doesn't work. I don't know. It's very weird. Yes, but for one week only, you get a normal episode again until, hey, I don't know when. Probably when January is over is what I'm going to guess. <laughs> so be glad, be thankful, be happy that we are here on episode 276 of Third Shift. I am, of course, one of the hosts, Mr. Eric. I don't know what my titles are. I never remember. I'm something. I don't know, a lot of things. A bastard, some would say. But the trumpet off, you know, we've got the inglorious bastard himself, the man, the taco myth, the taco legend, Mr. Matt. He's here today. He's talking about things. He's got a really beautiful winter background, everybody. Let me tell you, it just it warms my heart. I see him out there in the winter wonderland, just ready to go skiing, snowmobiling, camping with family, having a hot chocolate. Matt. Is this what you're going to do with your mother and friends, et cetera, this winter? What are you up to, man? I think we're probably going to do what you're doing in the background and sit around the fire, except the fire will be just a Christmas tree and a uh-huh. TV because we don't have a fireplace. And then there'll be like a – like over your shoulder, there's like a Katamari Damacy character, the other one. Yep. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. like the little purple. Yep, yep, it looks right like there. one of the cousins. Uh-huh. I'm like, yeah, that's, he's right there. that's clearly exactly what that is. How mm-hmm. can Discord say that that's their original character, which is what I'm sure they would say? That's completely untrue. Untrue. But you called me the taco master, the taco myth. I actually have been eating like a ton of tacos lately. You, know, you get like the little extra fluffy mission tortillas. Mm-hmm. And you just, just put everything in them because they're so fluffy. Mm-hmm. I just can't oh, yeah, stand it. It's just wonderful. No matter what you put in them, you just put it stuff in them and you just wrap it up and you eat it. It's a taco. Mm-hmm. That gets an whole other conversation, Matt. What, what, what is a taco? Could I put peanut butter and jelly in a mission, you know? Corn tortilla with like a little bit of a cracker sprinkled over to the top. Maybe something else. Maybe a banana. Is that a taco? Because I wrap it up like a taco. Absolutely you can because a yeah. taco is just a food delivery system. Like mm-hmm. you can make you can make vegan tacos. You can make pork tacos, shrimp tacos. You can make vegetarian tacos. Fish tacos. Fish tacos. Ta- Why right. not a peanut butter and jelly taco? It's just in a taco. You're and absolutely it- right. There's a place that has brisket tacos. So – doesn't matter. Here's a better question. I mean, if you put that in a hard shell taco, that would definitely be a taco, right? Mm-hmm. This is just a soft shell taco. So yeah. there Hands you go. Down. We've solved it. It's done. Tacos, anything you want it to be, as long as it's delivered in the taco system, it's a taco. That's right. It's just, you can't use rice paper, though. That's not a taco. That's, no, that's that's cheating. That's unfair. No. As for what I've been doing this week, man, it was a packed week for your old buddy, Matt, because I didn't say it like two episodes ago or however many episodes ago when it started, but from... Christmas back like four weeks. I've done something every single week. I've had a show or something going on. This was no exception. On Saturday, it was it was a double whammy. On Saturday, went and saw Hades Town over at the Wharton Center. What a fantastic show! I won't spoil it because I don't like going into musicals knowing anything about them. I like going in completely blind. So for anybody who likes doing that, I'm not going to ruin it for you. But man, what a great show! What great music! 
what a fantastic story and everything. And it really, uh, I want to say things that would spoil it, but it wraps up really nicely. Like, you know the story. Once you know what the story is, you know how that story goes. But the way it kind of wraps up the show was fantastic and, and heartwarming and touching. And I feel like it was even more impactful because I played Hades so much last year. But wow, what a fantastic show. The very next day, I went and saw This Wonderful Life over at the Williamston Theater, which was a one-man show of It's a Wonderful Life, kind of from a I am the narrator and an actor portraying this to you and then acting out the scenes too. It was a really cool way of like looking at it because like he was there and was like, man, I really love this movie and blah, 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 blah. So I'm going to show it to you. And then, like I said, he was kind of the actor, but looking at it from outside, like you would commenting on the characters and then, but also acting as the characters and doing the scene. Really cool. Lots of fun. I love that movie. It's one of my... I don't know, like holiday movie favorites, but when it comes on and I catch it, I got to watch it because it's classic and I like it. Speaking of classics that I like, just yesterday, went out to the movie theater. It's been like a week since I've been to the movies. Mom was like, hey, you want to go see a movie? Yes, I do. You want to go see West Side Story? Yes, I do. What a fantastic show. I love West Side Story. I've seen the original 61 movie so many times. I'm sure it's come to the Wharton Center. I've seen it there. Seeing it here, I got to say, it took me a little bit, like maybe 10, 15 minutes to get into it because I know that original 60s movie so well and everybody has like the bright colors. Everything's lit up. Everything's colorful and, you know, a 60s musical, big budget musical. Here, everything's a little more realistic, like the colors are kind of muted. The the jets, instead of, you know, Tony wearing this nice bright yellow coat and Riff wearing his yellow coat and then everybody having their different Technicolor outfits on, they're a lot more muted. They're in darks and whites and the sharks are a little bit more colorful, but it's still muted like browns and like deep reds. And I went, man, this it's not like popping. I want Wet Side Story to just pop off the screen. And then they started singing and I went... That's popping off the screen. Oh, everybody's acting is great. All the songs are fantastic. Two of my favorite musical numbers, America, was phenomenal here. It like spills out into the streets. It becomes a big giant dance party. The girl who plays Anita, her dancing is fantastic in that. She's like on fire. She's like mm, mm, sassy and cool. And then maybe my favorite musical number in the show, G Officer Krupke. In here, it's a little different. It's in a different area. But the way they use that area, like the way that number starts and then it progresses and then the way it ends, it's like, what a great thing I've seen. And it's a, it's a fun, comedic, you know, musical number anyway. Man, what a great show. I went in with like, not low expectations, but moderate expectations. And then halfway through, I went, this is awesome. But the thing that's not awesome is apparently it's bombing at the box office. And I looked around. Mm-hmm. We were at the RPX Theater, the biggest theater they have there. There were two of us there. It was me and it was mom. Like the whole time I kept, you know, when it would be a, a quiet like transition scene or something, I'd look around like, is there seriously nobody else in here? Man. But it's a phenomenal show. If anybody likes musicals or West Side Story, it's an awesome adaptation of it. It needs more love. Go out go out to the theaters and give it some love. It's great. Does it is it, is it part of the Marvel Universe? Well, I think it's owned by Disney, so, I mean, technically, I mean, you know, it's... In a way, yes. If it ain't part of the Marvel Universe, uh, it's probably going to bomb. 
I don't think anything really is going to survive anymore, Matt, if it isn't part of the Marvel universe. I mean, you make a valid point. Anything that's not a big franchise, but yeah. but it's super. It's it was it was a super show. It was great and it was fantastic. <laughs> I mean, I love that story anyway. So even if it wasn't a great adaptation, I would probably still enjoy it. But I loved it. The original movie is so iconic, but these characters are like a different. You know, it's a different slant on it. And I started loving those characters and their faces and their acting and singing. I was like, that's, yeah, you're the new Tony. Not that you're going to replace him, but you're the new one. Then on the video game front, because that's what everybody pays to listen to. Been playing Great Ace Attorney Chronicles. Not nearly as much as I want to, because I want to play that every single day. And switching my hours, I don't have energy or time to do as much of that as I want to. But that is just a delight to get back into. I was just playing right before we got on here. And seeing the goofy characters with their goofy lines and doing fun stuff, it's just a blast. It's great. And then earlier in the week, I did it. I finally did it. And you can't see it because it's not in the show notes for you, unless you reopened them, but you probably didn't. I started playing Halo Infinite, got into the multiplayer, played a few rounds. was absolutely terrible because I loaded in and it was... What's it called? Slayer? Just the team deathmatch mode? Yeah. yeah Awful. Typical. Horrendous. Loaded in. Hey, it was capture the flag. Okay, did a little better because I can run. I know what to look for and run at and stuff. I did okay. And then it went to, I have no idea what the mode is called because I don't play Halo. Uh, it's not It's not capture. It's not domination. Those are Those are the names of it in anything else. But it's the point capture game mode. Whatever that's called in Halo... <laughs> You're the Halo guy, you don't even know. But I loaded into a game of that, and I destroyed. Because it's capture, Eric. You and I are awesome at capture. Mm-hmm. Hey, that one's getting taken. Run. Hey, that one got took, Run, go. and now they're taking yeah. the other one. So there's nobody at go this get one. It. Take it. Zoom. Get, get it. it. Go. Get it. Go. Oh, there's a guy who was back to me. Whap. And then I took your point. Oh, there's po- people on that point. Grenades, grenades, grenades. Oh, they're running away. Cap the point while they're gone. Boom, 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 boom. We destroyed them. We got a stake-tacular, which is apparently a thing. We got a stake-tacular medal. That was fun. That was really good. Uh-huh. There was some other stuff I didn't like about the interface and whatever. We can talk about that another day. That moment was fantastic. And I'm ending my week on that fantastic moment. Yay me, I did it. What about you, Eric? What did you do? All right. Well, here's the deal, folks. In the real world, I um, did stuff. Don't know really what. There's one point I do remember, though. Uh, my wife's uh, cousin had a birthday party. We went, we got invited to said birthday party, went to said birthday party, and they had decided, oh my goodness, and it brought back so many memories, to order a whole bunch of food from this tangy crab, which is a southern seafood place. So we got these three giant vats full of butter, garlic, uh, crab, you know, crab legs, shrimp, uh, you know, clams, you name it, crawdad, all that. Then we got one with tangy and one with spicy. These huge vats just filled with, you know, the, the corn on the cob, the potatoes, and all the different seafood you could ever want. And then we sat at the table, and we opened those vats. We had the big, uh, you know, we put on the big old bibs and everything. Mm-hmm. We got the big old buckets to throw all your, you know, rotten, you know, your crawdad heads in and all your shrimp shells in and all the... I got to jump in. Did you suck the heads? You got to suck the head. Did you suck the head? Yes, yes. I, I attempted to, and it wasn't as good as I thought it was. Uh-huh. So I just, after the first one, I said, nah, nah, I'll just stick to that juicy meat that I got to spend 10 minutes getting to in those old crawdads. Yeah. And of course, I horrified my children by ripping the crawdad in half, you know, and pulling out all of its innards and head and throwing it into the 
the gut pin and, you know, the, the usual. And then spending forever, you know, digging around and getting them beautiful, succulent little meats out of the crab legs. Mm-hmm. And, just, and then the easy-to-do shrimp, you know, you just obviously pop the skins off, throw them in your mouth because they were already deveined. Uh, these ones were anyway because you can order them for a little bit cheaper where they're just whole and you do everything yourself. Yeah. But for a little bit extra, they'll go ahead and do the work for you and all you got to do is get the skin off of them. It just threw me back. I was like, oh, my God, I'm back down south. Oh, I'm living in North Carolina again, you know, doing what I do. Oh, having all these wonderful these wonderful fries going on, all these things, and all these crazy southern folks doing silly, crazy stuff because, man, that's what they did. Uh, it's here. It's here in Michigan. I can actually do it if I want to. And then, of course, I heard about the prices, and then I went, oh, God, no, I can't do that. It's out of my range. It's above and beyond Eric's means. It's not above and beyond your means. It's above and beyond your willingness to get in trouble for buying a thing as opposed to just eating a mission tortilla (laughs) with peanut butter and jelly on it and a crumbled saltine cracker. And some crumbled saltine crackers. (laughs) That is the ticket. That's the truth. Now, I will say, you know, I see billboards for this place around town. I get coupons in the little coupon blaster every few weeks. So I always wondered if it was really good. So to hear that it is really good, that's really good. I'm excited to actually try it now. It is really good. And if you if you happen to go, you should be like, hey, uh, Eric, you want to go? And I'm like, oh, Matt wants to go have a meeting. We got to we gotta go. Oh, yeah. We could do it in the next couple of weeks. Hey, it's the first meeting of the year. Diggity ducks. <laughs> oh, it's such a coincidence. <laughs> How strange. <laughs> so that's what happened in real life. Uh, beyond that... As Matt kind of said, we did a a shift change. So now I'm back on the 5 a.m. shift at work. And what that means is temporarily, not permanently. I'm only on it for a month anyway. But regardless, the shift makes our whole lives go tipsy-turvy. So I haven't played any video games this week. Um, I don't know what video games are yet. And I'm not going to play them today either because we're doing the show. So... It's going to be another video uh, day without video games, so it'll be about five days with no games. But the Friday and Saturday, I did play Persona 5 Strikers <laughs> and a little bit of Halo Infinite. That's the two games I played in those two, ga- those two days that were available to me. Three or four hours of those were on Halo Infinite, but only campaign, mind you. I wasn't playing any of the uh, multiplayer, hence why when you were asking what mode, I'm like, uh, I'm blanking. I don't remember what the modes are. And, and to be honest with you, back in the day when I was a hardcore Halo fan, it wasn't really for PvP. It was for campaign. Okay. I would co-op campaign. We would drink beers and have fun in the barracks, you know, that kind of stuff. It never was really PvP. I would dabble in it, don't get me wrong, but it's never been my shtick. Uh, so with that being said, Halo Infinite's campaign so far, I'm having a great time with. Uh, I'm still very early on. I think, like, like I said, about three hours in, so not that far, because there is a whole bunch of, you know, the very first, hey, this is an introduction if you've never played Halo, and here's what's going on, until you even get to anywhere that's actually legitimate and what the game's about. So I've only uh, seen, you know, maybe seven, eight weapons in the game thus far, uh, two or three different enemy types. The grunts, as everybody's talking about, are hilarious, are fun. And it's funny because, of course, Aaron Lynn is the individual who did a lot of the writing for the grunts and in many other parts, of course, of Halo Infinite. But he also was the individual responsible for so much fun in Battleborn over on Gearbox side, which you all know that's where we started. That's what we love. We miss it and adore it. 
and it it shines right through. You see it immediately. All the ridiculousness, the stuff that these grunts are saying. You're like, this is straight out of Battleborn. This is straight out of it. And apparently, the rest of the world loves it too. And it makes me sad because I'm like, man, if y'all would have just played old Battleborn, given that a shot, you'd have fell in love with that writing. You'd have fell in love with all the characters' crazy antics and talking points, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But alas, at least. It lives on in spirit. I'll say that. I was debating because I downloaded it late one night. So I was like, well, I don't really want to get into the campaign because I'm sure there's a big intro just like you talked about. So I just played some multiplayer. And then like we had talked about one or two episodes ago, I was like, man, maybe I shouldn't play the campaign. So when you win, we can co-op it. It'll at least be fresh for me. But now when I'm in a shooter mood, I think I'm just going to play it because I would just do it. If the grunts are fun and you're doing stuff, I mean, if I fall off of it, then I can just jump back in when the co-op is there mm-hmm. and just have some fun with it. So I think I'm going to do that too. Yeah, I would definitely give it a shot because, as you said, you know, if you fall off, okay, well, guess what? We'll try it again in May when it comes out. Otherwise, you're going to have a great time, and I promise you this coming up year is stacked with games. So it, it's going to be definitely one of those iffy years on what the hell gets played and what the hell's going on. It's going to be wild. I I don't even know what I'm going to do yet. Uh So, of course, (laughs) Halo Infinite was played. And then, of course, Persona 5 Strikers. I got in there. The uh, last dungeon is huge. You know, zone after zone after zone after zone after zone. You know, sequence after sequence. Going to this little sub-zone, defeat a boss. I've done all sorts of stuff. Finally, I have done the last calling card. Did the whole, hey, this is your last calling card. Are you sure you're good to go? I've clicked the button. I've gone into the dungeon. I paused it, and that was as far as I got, and now five, four or five days later, here we are. I still don't know what's going on, because I have not had a chance to play and or touch my games. So, I'm hoping to finish it. I don't know. Someday, when I can figure (laughs) out the schedule and we can get a rhythm going, I'm going to finish that game and get back to Scarlet Nexus, which, of course, I'll just quickly say... I wanted to pull my hair out because it was like, hey, we just uh, we just gave you guys a free like little uh-huh. DLC. Yeah, yeah. There's like a whole bunch more Bond episodes and stuff, so you can you know bond with your fellow uh, Yahoos again and do more things. And I went, no, I don't want to do more things. Oh uh-huh, yeah, I just want to finish the game. <laughs> I don't want more Bond episodes. Oh my gosh, now I'm gonna be in this even longer than the 70 hours I've already put into it. Mm-hmm. Oh, it never ends. And of course, I'm. You know, halfway through Arful Escape, I want to play The Gunk, which just came out on Game Pass for Xbox. And that's another cool indie title I want to get through. And that's going to be probably my last one for the year. So I'll have accomplished the indie title shindig. But I also got to finish Arful Escape. Otherwise, it's not real. So <laughs> I got stuff to do. And I don't even have a chance to play video games. It's uh, very, in- very interesting. And of course, if you don't know, Epic Games is, they just now <laughs> popped up the screen. Hey, Hey, Eric, guess what? There's, like, games for free all Christmas. Every day we're going to give you some games. And on top of that, hey, we're giving you a $10 coupon. Go buy a game. Here's 10 bucks off whatever game you want. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> you guys are killing me. It's awesome. It's sad, but it's awesome. I'm so excited. What a day. What a year. What a week. I love the Christmas season. Sometimes, especially right now when I get free things, it's wonderful. So speaking of sad but awesome, you gave me like 14 awesome segues. I'm going to go on that one because I am focused on clearing my backlog of games. Right now, that's that's the whole point of what I'm doing, You know, going back to Great Ace Attorney, trying to clean this up, that up, here we go, blah, 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 blah. But a game came out 
It wasn't even last week. It was the week before that. But I didn't even hear about it until the Game Awards. Because I was, I was re-watching the Game Awards. And I went, man, huh, I don't really remember this part. And then a game came up. And one of my very favorite things. You know, I've only streamed one game of this type. I like flight combat games. I love ace combat, that kind of stuff. And I saw this game. Character was in a spaceship. And that spaceship was flying and ducking and dodging and weaving and shooting and then doing like this cool drift thing. And the space combat looked out of this world incredible. And it was a game called Chorus, which is out as of the 3rd of December for PC, Switch, PlayStation, Xbox. It's out for everything, developed by Fish Labs, published by Deep Silver. It's a space combat game that looks so beautiful, so silky smooth, so awesome. And then from what I hear, it's a giant open world space like open-ended space combat game where you know you start in this one area you're doing story missions but then you open up new areas of the galaxy to explore and you find side missions over there and some of those side missions sure they're just hey protect this freighter from the, the wave of pirates or go hunt down this other guy over there but some of them are super deep long stories that you're going through and the campaign overall apparently is a super deep long story based campaign as well because you're playing, I don't want to spoil too much because I feel like even knowing some of it is a big spoiler, but you're a former member of this cult that's going around doing bad stuff. And you, you kind of quit and you went, I can't do this anymore. And you went off and just hid away for a few years. And then now you've joined the resistance. And now you got to kind of get your skills back and get your shit back and do what you're good at for the good guys. And this campaign is like a big giant 30 hour campaign where you're finding out more about your past and these characters past and the past of the cult and the resistance and all the stuff that's going on and it's mixed with this beautiful fast-paced space combat in which not only are you dogfighting or taking out capital ships flying inside them and shooting stuff inside them but then you and your ship your ship gets these cool equipment upgrades that allow it to do all kinds of crazy things there are so many reviews i've seen where they show the ship flying forward and you're like you're about to overtake the enemy and then you kind of like kick the ship like on the z-axis as you go flying by so you're still shooting even as your momentum is taking you away from it i've never seen any other game do that so well and it excites me so much because i love that kind of stuff and then not only can you do crazy stuff with your ship you the character have like special powers so you can like shoot lightning from out of your ship to disable shields you can like almost cloak and warp yourself so like if you're in a big dogfight and you just can't get a beat on this guy he is just all over you you go and you kind of go like intangible and then and now you're right on his tail and you can take him out this game looks 100 percent up my alley it looks so good and so fun i'm so glad i saw that trailer at the game awards so i could look at it here and that'd be really sad that it's out now and i'm not supposed to spend money on new games because i'm supposed to go through the backlog but it looks phenomenal if you like flight combat games space combat games if you like open world games if you like story-based games Get Chorus and tell me how great it is because I want to get it and play it. Oh, man. I'm going to tell you, man, I'm going to break your heart. I'm going to break your heart because I stumbled upon a game today. All right. Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon, Matt. I don't know if you've taken a peek at this yet or not. It's by Yacht Games, published and developed. It's out now for PC, PlayStation, and the Switch. Not Xbox. Sorry, everybody. But first off, did you see this yet? 
when I was in when I was looking for a release, mm-hmm. right before I saw Chorus, I saw Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon, and I went, "What's that?" And it said, "A blend of this cool platformer and this puzzle." And I went, "I can't know. I can't know about okay. that either." No. Yeah, it, this I started watching it, you know, because I'm, I'm I've always been interested in Shovel Knight itself. Uh, I, I used to love that type of gameplay, but I'm always just succumbed to the you know the big blockbusters, so I've missed out. And then. I saw this one as a release, and I went, oh, Shovel Knight's got a new game. What the hell is it about? Cool. Went and started watching it. I went, oh, Matt, should, Matt needs a This is Matt game. This is a Matt game. This ain't an Eric game. I mean, it is an Eric game, but it's a Matt game for sure. Like, this is Matt's game. Okay, you got the whole Tetris thing. You know, the uh, the blocks, the enemies, the potions, things falling from the screen, and you've got to clear them before it reaches the top and destroys you. Well, insert Shovel Knight. Shovel Knight is you. You are Shovel Knight. Instead of just moving blocks, the blocks, etc., all move on their own. You, as Shovel Knight, have to destroy them using your attacks, and you have HP. So you'll go in there, and these enemies will come down in little blocks, etc., and they have their own unique abilities. So you have to know, like, oh, they've got shields on the right side. I've got to hit them from the top end. you got to jump on the top end. But if you hit them from the right side, they'll hit you. You lose HP. But now potions also drop, so you can go pop a potion, stay alive. But then you got to make sure, oh, look, these four little, uh, these weird little berries, they bind it together. Get rid of them all four at once. That's one quick hit. They're all gone. Then, on top of all that, and these things happening, the bosses, there's boss fights and boss rooms where the bosses come in. They've got their own unique abilities, so they're throwing out bombs, etc. You're dodging bombs on top of trying to hit them and getting their HP you know, lowered. And all the while, you're collecting gems to get points to buy new abilities and new things to help you in the next level. And, of course, you're trying to find these secret keys within these Tetris-style maps that unlock cool treasures, and of course, in the midst of all that, you're trying to find all of the secret exits to the levels by being amazing at these puzzle levels, and then finding the secret level to get out, and if you do it all in one run, you get the platinum, you know, the big dog trophy that gets you all out. It's crazy. It's wild. I I saw about an hour or so of gameplay over the last two days of just individuals starting off and getting completely wrecked. You know, not like understanding how this works. And then you watch the progression of it and how they're like, okay, now I get it. You can just hit single enemies and you need to because you've got to keep in control of the battlefield. And mind you, folks, it's not a battlefield. Like I said, it's a Tetris style little level, but in it, you are in a battlefield. You are constantly trying to make sure you're keeping everything afloat. You're keeping your potions up so your HP is up making sure that bad guys don't keep stacking and stacking and overwhelm you, watching out for the special characteristics of certain levels where they'll be like these, like one of those these weird snakes that just come tendrilling down. And if you just let them go, all of a sudden you're instantly filled, the whole level's gone. So you have to go whack their heads immediately, bust them up so that way they don't, you know, just take over the entire level. It's wild. It's insane. The power-ups, like I said, allow you to, you know, hit faster, hit stronger, get this, get that. Cool abilities that just help you along with the levels. Like I said, the secret uh, exits, etc. You got to find the treasure chests that allow you to get more gems. And then on top of it all, there's like a cool story over, you know, like a little overworld you're going through. So you're like, go to the next thing. and I don't like you. You don't like me. Here's why what we're doing. Here's what Shovel Knight says. So you'll you'll progress Shovel Knight's story 
if you're into the whole Shovel Knight history and lore, if you've played all the other ones, you get more of it. You get to see what's going on. You get to see some of the cool enemies and folks from the past. And you get to play as them once defeated, I'm sure. I'm not 100% of that, but I know you get to play as them at some point. I'm assuming it's once you beat them. You can go back through as like Plague Knight or whoever the hell joins later. This game looks really cool, really fun. I uh, I definitely want to see it and play it myself. As I always tell you, though, what will happen, I don't know. God damn it, Eric. God damn it. Tell you, it looks not, good. Not only, good. Not only does everything you say sound wonderful and fantastic, and this does sound like a Matt game, and I'm going to have to go and watch some of this as soon as I'm done editing the podcast and just drool my entire brain away. Not only that, but this comes at the perfect time. Um, or the imperfectest time, however you want to think about it. Because last week, not this week, every now and then I'll, I'll boot up the, the Games Done Quick YouTube channel. Because they do speed runs and stuff. And then sometimes they have like a nightly show where someone will do like three games or different runners will do three games in a row. And I watched one. It was called Never Before Seen. And it was a speed run of Shovel Knight 100%, then Plague Knight 100%, and then Specter Knight 100%. And so over that week, I was watching Shovel Knight content every single morning and every single evening as I went through this like four-hour stream the dude did. And I had that Shovel Knight itch. Like I've never played it. I've seen people play it. And it's so fantastic and good. And it sounds good. And it looks good. And I know it plays good. So I've already been scratching at my wallet, trying to scratch it open so I can buy Shovel Knight like Complete Edition for myself. And now this is here too, so I'm already itching for it. And now I'm scratching that hand that I was already scratching with. Now I'm scratching that hand to scratch uh-huh. the wallet harder. It's I can't stand it. It's ridiculous. It's crazy, Matt. You know, uh, just go on to Michigan Avenue, do what you got to do. It'll give you the scrap you need. Get in the game. I can I can I can five finger discount a lot of stuff for work and sell it on eBay. That's what I'll do, you know. That's true too. We got a lot of there are there are a lot of there's a lot of stuff there. Nobody's gonna <laughs> notice a whole pallet of envelopes going missing. I could probably get sixty bucks for that. Oh yeah, definitely, no problem. I I don't endorse this message. Oh, I would I would you, never do it. I'm just saying yeah, if I was, if saying, I was going to do it, that that would be something someone could do if they were an immoral yeah, wow. and bad person. Yeah, a bad person for sure. I agree, man. Woo, man. But of course, speaking of bad people. There's some keys out there in the world for a bad game that we're not going to play again. It's not a bad game. It's too great of a game. it's a good game. That's why we can't play it again. (laughs) There's shift codes for Golden Keys of Borderlands 2, a fantastic game that we'll never play again, as I always say. Eric is 100% right. We've played it too many damn times. But if you haven't played it too many damn times, hit up the Twitter, the Reddit, the forums, the Instagram, hit up your preferred shift code provider, and get yourself some free loot in a fantastic game. And hey, if you're never going to play Borderlands 2 again... Maybe you remember a great character from there. His name is Mr. Torg. Torg? Mr. Torg High Five Flexington. He's a real cool yeah, guy. Yeah. What about his mom? Grandma. She's cool too. Grandma. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. But if you remember them, that person, that that, that your favorite dude right there who's rocking and rolling and meanly meanly mow and explosions, he's got his own board game that's going to be coming out. And if you got that extra scratch, if you did not buy my pallet of envelopes, if we went like 50-50 and you still got some money left... You can drop over on over to Kickstarter because the last week to back Mr. Torg's Arena of Badassery, I think I'm missing a word in there, but it's a board game with all kinds of little minis and Borderlands themed and doing all kinds of stuff. The last week of it is on right now. And they just dropped like the ultimate badass package where you get 
the board game, the expansion, all the stretch goals, which are unlocked if you back it in general ways too. And then a million freaking add-ons. Like they keep adding more stuff every single day. I can't even keep up with it. They're making like a giant metal, like truckzilla kind of piece for you to put in the game too. It's ridiculous. If you love Borderlands, if you love board games, if you love cool physical collectibles, check out Mr. Torg's Arena of Badassery on Kickstarter. I backed it first thing, so I have the Waddle Gobbler. I'm going to have a Waddle Gobbler every single Thanksgiving. When you are sad, Eric, and we're doing this podcast, I'm going to pick him up. He's going to be here right here on my desk, right here. I'm going to pick him up and go, you mean this guy right here? And then I'll, I'll do the campaign. I'll be like, I'm not even doing the show. I'm just going to do a little Waddle Gobbler campaign right now. Make you sad. Hey, listen. I, I did more than you would even have expected me to do. I went to said Kickstarter and I investigated said Kickstarter, mm-hmm. but I saw the price tag and it was just not. It was out of my reach. It was too far. I can't afford it. It was too far gone. That's a lie. It you can impossible. afford it. You just can't afford getting yelled at I enough. Just, <laughs> I can't afford the trouble that it's going to cause to get this thing that I'm never going to play because I don't have friends and they're never coming over. It just wasn't going to, it's not in the cards. And see, here, here's the thing for me is I, I backed it from the true badass level, which is like 130 or something where you get the base game, the expansion, and then all the other stuff. But that ultimate badass one with all the things and all the shinies and all the upgrades, it's like 300 bucks, but I'm still here scratching because I love Borderlands and I love, I love little things. I love, I'm going to put this whole army of claptraps all over my desk and then Jim Ferranda will like me more than you because he'll say, wow, look, he's the true <laughs> claptrap fan. He really likes me. Oh, it's so true. It's so sad. You know, gosh, bless it, Matt. And of course, you speak of this, you say these things. And just today, you know, a lot of Tiny Tina's Wonderlands content dropped, Matt. Yes. All it right. Did. It did. And in, and beyond what we're going to talk about in a second, apparently, old, uh, what is it? What is it? Paladin Mike? Paladin Mike. Yeah, yeah. Was a big shtick. Paladin Mike. A big uh, Battleborn reference. Uh, of course, our friend Jim, you know, played uh, Mr. Mike, Oscar Mike himself in all of his different forms. So an homage, of course, is coming to Tiny Tina's, where Paladin Mike is, of course, in charge of defending all the realms, et cetera, et cetera, this and that, this and that, but not played by Jim, mm-hmm. but played by Karen Strange, played Lorelai, is now playing, of course, Paladin Mike. Super awesome, super cool. It's going to be great to see all this awesomeness. And then, of course, you get these, you know, this badassery from Borderlands 3. You get this whole homage from a game previous to that, Battleborn. And that's not even talking about the two brand new awesome things that got released just this, you know, today, afternoon, morning, whatever the hell it was. That's right. We got two new classes in Wonderlands. And I'm sure these are like the starting classes, like the other ones that we saw before that I'm completely blanking on the names of. But now... We got to look at the spell shot, which is you, Eric. It's the magic based class where they had two hands, one fire, one ice, shooting out stuff. And then you can polymorph enemies into little flying things. I can't remember what they're called. I'm just going to say sheep. Scre- scrims, screams. They're, Something like they're that. Just, they're, like just sheep. they're just sheep. Just sheep, America. Sheep them. Just, just like sheep we did in sheep World of Warcraft for one yep. day. Put sheep the moon em. on them, you sheep them. Put the moon on them, you sheep them. That's, That's right. what it is. And then you got my class, which is the Clawbringer, which has a big old hammer. And I, I looked at it and I went, I don't want to be melee with the big hammer slammer. 
And then they went, hey, you can throw the hammer and it has AOE and then you can call the hammer back. And I went, that's pretty cool. And then they went, you also have a little flying pet dragon. And I went, let me see that skill tree so I can see what that flying pet dragon can do. Let him buff me with heals so I can never die. Let him put a healing aura on the ground. Let him be Mr. Beef Jr. just flying over my shoulder instead of running around on the ground. I got so excited for both of these. It's going to be great. Now, here's the deal. I'm going to be honest with you. I got excited for one of them. I got excited for the Clawbringer. Okay. Yeah, I know. I know. Throwing the hammer out, bringing it back. You know, obviously, like like David said, not unlike Thor, but, you know. Legally distinct from Thor. Yeah, exactly. Which was humorous and fun, but also just like God of War, you know, Kratos and his hammer coming back to you. Immediately, I went, oh my gosh, that feels good. That sounds good. I want to be part of this. Dragons. Oh my gosh. I got a whole shrine of dragons. On my right side over here, I love dragons, and I went, this is amazing. And then the spell shot, and I went, oh, my God, they're just shooting fireballs out. I, I don't like this. This is boring. What What are you going to add to this? What What can I actually do? I want to see the skill trees, because if it's just a fireball ice pole, that ain't nothing. That's not fun. This is going back a ways, but I got to call you out, Eric. Uh, God of War Kratos doesn't use a hammer. You said just like Kratos' hammer. He uses oh an my axe, God. idiot. Well, he uses you don't even axe. like that game. But you, you know, know what I'm talking about. about. You know what I'm talking about. He throws a gosh dang axe out, and it comes How back. How do I, goes, who hate that series no more than you? Come on now. Listen. Okay, axes, hammers, you know what I'm talking about. You know the deal. It's a weapon with a handle. It's the same and, thing. Yes, and, it, and they throw it, and it flies back into their hands. It doesn't matter what the weapon is. It's, the, the whole point is what it does, and it goes out, and it comes back. That's what matters. It's like a boomerang. Boomerang, but better, because boomerangs are stupid and lame, and uh, yeah, axes and hammers are not. I got one to come back to me once. And by that time, it had already like slid through the parking lot, so it was mm-hmm. razor sharp. And I went, "I ain't catching you." It was great. Yeah, it was beautiful. I'm in the same boat, like one or two times ever to come back, and it never came back clean. Anyway, it like came back like three feet over my head, flying like to my left or right or whatever. Mine came straight from my face. It knew what oh, I had nice. done. It knew I spent all afternoon sharpening it up in the parking lot accidentally by screwing it up, and it went, Mm-mm, "You're you're paying for this," and I went, "No, thank you. I, no, thank you. No thanks. I'm done." Yeah, you're just a death device. Yes. I'm going to pass on you. <laughs> so I'm excited. Don't get me wrong. It's going to be great. It's going to be fun. I know what it is. And I know I'm going to end up being the spell shot because I'm a mage through and through. That's what I do. But I was super, super more excited about the Clawbringer. I just felt like that had way more oomph to it. I just don't think they showcased the spell shot really well. And maybe that's just me because I'm used to being a mage. I'm used to having polymorph abilities. I'm used to having, you know, uh, fire, ice, lightning, etc. That's all standard. That's all standard operating procedures. Um, I, I was hoping for something like a big flare, something big and, and neat and weird and different. And maybe they got it. And I'm hoping they got it because I'm going to be a spell shot. That's just the way it's going to be. You just got to think of it not from World of Warcraft perspective or Diablo perspective. Mm-hmm. You got to think of it from Borderlands perspective. How many times have you shot fire from your hands in Borderlands? Zero times. No times. That's you did it a little bit yeah, in no Battleborn, times. maybe. But yeah. look, look, here's a cool thing. How many times did you get to polymorph people in Borderlands? Zero times. Zero time. How many times in Battleborn? Also zero times. So that's a cool, fun thing. It's it's not new to you, the human, but it's new to you, the first-person gearbox Borderland player. Borderland game. Yeah. True. That's true. That's true. 
So I'm sure I'll wrap my head around it. I'm going to get on board. And you know they're going to show us a whole bunch more. So by the time this game gets closer, I'll be all, oh, I'm, sp- I'm spell shot for sure. Oh, look at the build I got. Look at what I'm doing. Oh, I'm going Frost for sure because that's what I am through and through. Frosty McGee with my polymorph abilities. I can't wait. Just in this particular trailer, I will say the Clawbringer really did shine. Mm-hmm. That one was really like, oh my gosh, little baby dragon, my friend, my companion, and throwing out my bad man pajama, old hammer, and then come back, and it's got to make that really cool noise. You know that. Mm-hmm. Oh, what's not to love about that? It's looking good. It's looking sharp. This game can't come soon enough, but God Freaking almighty, it is still a million years away because March is like ancient ancient times, especially since February has like 40 games of interest coming out. How are we going to survive it? I don't even know. Speaking of games of interest, man, it's time to dive right in because the games of the most interest were just last week. The game awards of the most interest, whatever. You know what I'm trying to get at, listeners. I'm trying to do a segue, okay? Quit calling me out for this stuff. So we saw game awards. And you drank a lot of Jim Beam, and I drank a lot of champagne, and then we had to watch it again because about halfway through, we forgot, we forgot everything that happened. Mm-hmm. But, and, but it was kind of weird, though, because re-watching it, I made it about four-fifths of the way through, and I was like, I remember that. I remember that. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Okay, this is brand new to me. Like, Chorus. Chorus was brand new. But I was like, I remember a lot more of this than I thought I remembered. It's, it's weird how the mind works, you know? Yeah, I agree, because I did the exact same thing. I went back through and watched all the commercials, all the trailers, and I went, oh, actually, I know that, I know that, I know that, I remember that, I remember that, I remember that, I remember that. I remember that. And then there was only a couple where I went, oh, my gosh. Uh-huh. But bonus points for me, because of my text to you, the couple that I had just completely forgotten about, while I was drinking and, and, and texting you, I would said, oh, this is going to be the best. I can't wait. I'm on board. And then when I watched them, I went, yeah, this is going to be the best. I'm on board. <laughs> what a, man, I'm so glad that I remember that somehow. I was going to say the, Drunk the, me. the two right, right <laughs> after I fell off, I think I texted you a couple of them too. And I went, I don't remember what that is at all. And then I looked at it and I went, oh, yeah, GTFO is out right now. And it does look really cool. Oh, yeah, Blood Hunt does look like maybe the only Battle Royale game I'll ever play ever in my entire life. Oh, so I was right, too, but it took me a long time to remember why I was right and what I was right about. So before we get to the, uh, you know, just some, 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 some of the stuff we're interested in, some of the things we're looking out for this coming year, I do want to say, was there any surprises, like for actual awards, besides the fact that, and this is my opinion. Maybe y'all don't agree. Maybe you don't agree, Matt. I don't want it to be like old days where like they spent forever, like every developer coming up and accepting every award and everything. But I feel like this one was really like rushed. Like, yeah, I totally missed Tales of Rise winning RPG. Like it was a blip. It was just a blip. And you know, <laughs> it's like what the hell. I do agree. I think the one thing they could do to make it better is I, I noticed it right away on the pre-show. Because they were like, hey, we're going to do four esports awards. Here are the nominees for best esport of the year or whatever. And then they went, and the winner is blah. They did never list the nominees. And I feel like that makes it feel official when they're like, the nominees are, even if they don't go and do a trailer or do music or uh-huh. something, hey, it's League of Legends, Apex Legends, Dota 2, Valorant, and Call of Duty. And the winner is Call of Duty. Great. I mean, you know, if you were making a sandwich or you were in the restroom, here are the nominees for that. Oh, I can't remember which one it is. Who's on that list? Nobody told me. You just had to see it with your eyeballs. 
don't know. It felt it did feel really rushed and quick on on that sense. But I will say some of those developer speeches, as I was kind of fast forwarding through to catch the things that I missed, they seemed like they went on forever. So our buddy Joseph Ferris at the end got completely screwed. Mm-hmm. I was watching some of those d- devs just keep going on and on, and I remember at the time going, "This is great, and I love it." retroactively, I don't love it. That man deserved to be up there for 45 minutes, mm-hmm. screaming and yelling and hooting and hollering, doing his thing. Instead, he he ran up, said something, and as he said it, they started to usher him off. So it was just like a wham, bam, all right, it's over. And it just kind of mildly bugged me. Yeah. Like, I love, don't get me wrong, I love the commercials for all the cool games coming out. I love all the big drops, world premieres. I love all of it. Don't, but... This is the Game Awards, Mm -hmm. and I am here to see the developer, you know, get their award and get their little minute. It shouldn't be three, five minutes, but one, two solid minutes of, hey, we here at blah, 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 thank everybody, and we're so excited, we're glad we got this, et cetera, et cetera. And there's always that one moment, and I don't really remember it from this year, maybe because I kind of buzzed past the speeches as I was re-watching it. But there's always that one dev or that one moment where you can tell they're like really touched by winning this thing and their team worked super hard or if it's, you know, best indie game and that dude slaved away on that personal project for hundreds of hours and this means the freaking world to him. I feel like Joseph would have done that at the end because we saw his tweets about how happy he was for his team and stuff. I feel like we didn't get that this year unless I missed it. No, we really didn't. There was uh, the one dev that was so nervous that had trouble even talking and stuff, you know, the hugeness of it in front of all those people, mm-hmm. et cetera. But that was about it. You know, most everything was just quick, boom, 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 here you go, here you go. The couple devs that did talk, you know, that did the, you know, their typical spiel, which was awesome. But uh, for the game of the year, I agree. I, it, that one, no matter what, should have at least been uh, slotted a decent little time. Here, you get this many minutes, no matter what. Here you go. Yeah, like, Game of the Year goes live at whatever. If it if it ended at 11, it goes live at 10.50. Mm-hmm. That's when we start saying the stuff. And he gets on stage, ideally, at 10.55. And he has five minutes yep. to just, boom, do your thing. And if he ends early, you end the show early. It's not that big a deal. Yeah. So, you know, it's good. You Fine. cue the orchestra and they play, yep. hey, here's the outro music. Diddly-doo. And then it runs out. Yeah, I agree. Something like that, I think, should should see a little bit of change. But beyond that, it was really cool. Um, I was so happy to see Near Replicant for myself uh, oh, yeah. get the best score of music. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a surprise to see It Takes Two, as we just talked about, get Game of the Year. Uh, I was happy to see Tales of Arise get best RPG. But like I said, I was disappointed that it was just and best RPG is Tales of Arise, and then they cut out and it was gone. I mean, it was gone. I was happy to see uh, Returnal get action game, and the dev got to get up on stage for that one. So that was really cool. Mm-hmm. At Lady D winning best performance. Oh, Neither so of us cool. picked her. Mm-hmm. She, no. I, I feel like me. No, I picked her. I did. I don't think that's right. I think you picked somebody I picked else. Her. You picked something no, I else picked going her. on. I don't, I don't know. I did it. I picked her. I would have never picked anybody else. Far Cry 6, Life is Strange, Deathloop. <laughs> Lady D from Resident Evil Village. I'm a winner, Matt. I feel like, well, in that one, you totally lost to me as usual. Probably. But anyway, I was going to say, I think her speech maybe was 
like the moment of the show because she seemed really grateful and everybody took a chance on me and I was able to show my stuff. And I think that one was really genuine and a good speech. So maybe she's the one from this year. Yeah, I agree. I think that was the moment. It was super awesome. It was super cool. It was super strange because everybody was thinking, and I say strange on purpose because everybody was like, what if strange is going to get it? And I was like, nah, nah. I just felt that my bones, Mm -hmm. that Resident Evil had that one. So... And then on top of that, like uh, the Kenna, Bridge of the Spirits, I, I for sure was like, no, they're going to totally wrap up some awards. And they got a couple of them. I was super happy to see that. And of course, you were like, did you play that game, Brad? I'm like, no, I haven't. And I want to, but I have seen lots of gameplay of it, and it looks freaking amazing. Fiddlesticks. I've played three of those other games, and they're all great games, and I've never played Kenna, so I can't vote for it. But fooey, fooey and fine and fee. <laughs> So I don't know. I, I think I'm going to pull out the winner here. I think I'm going to end up being the best of the best on who chose the right stuff for the Game Awards. No. Uh, I'm real excited about it. You know, Matt, he doesn't think so. He doesn't I got the stats the right truth. here. It says Matt won. You can't see it because the backdrop thing. There it is. Yeah. Look, this. He's lying. This? He's making up numbers. That's what it He's says. making up things. You don't know. He's, he's full of it. It's no time, there's no time for this anyway. we got to talk about <laughs> awesome things that got right, revealed right. regardless. So that's it. Besides besides all that, of course, I, we had to cover it, man. We had to at least talk, talk about it for a second, mm-hmm. okay? What's to come? Anything that got you excited? Any games out there coming, Matt, really, for you? Too many things got me excited. I got a whole sheet. As I always do, I'm making the sound effect with paper. I have a whole mm-hmm. sheet of stuff that I wrote down that I either do remember but forgot and rewatched and went, oh, yeah, I'm super hyped for this. Or stuff I didn't remember at all and wrote down and went, yeah, I'm super hyped for this. Chorus, I already talked about it. GTFO, I already talked about it. Blood Hunt, I already talked about that. But they front-loaded the show for me because I'm going to go with The Shining Star. That was, let me see, it was literally the second thing that I wrote down that was revealed. The pre-show went by, cool. Main show came up. I think they showed they showed one or two things, but then... They showed a man standing in front of like a big old drum. And he went just... And he hit that drum. And then a bunch of other people were hitting drums. And there was space. And there were planets. And there was beautiful things. And it went, hey, I'm Star Wars Eclipse. And I went, you're just a CGI trailer. Why should I care? And then the Quantic Dream logo came up. And I lost my mind. My brain leaped out of my head, and it danced around the room, and I threw confetti at it, and I went, yeah, wow, I can't believe it, brain. I love Quantic Dream games. I love David Cage games. I've played every single one of them except for Omicron, The Nomad Soul, which doesn't work on modern systems right now from the playthroughs that I've watched, because I've even watched that being played. I can't wait for it. I don't have, we have know nothing about it. It's super in early development. There's nothing to show other than a CGI trailer, which you know I don't like. But I love Quantic Dream games. I will play every single game they ever put out. This got me so hyped to start the show off. And there were a lot of other hype moments too. But that was the biggest one. They started off, there was the giant drop on the roller coaster. It was the craziest thing. And we went straight into a loop-de-loop. It was amazing. I'll tell you this. I'm interested. I love Star Wars. Quantic Dreams. I've never played a single Quantic Dreams game in my life. Um, but I, and it's weird to say because I love those story like base games. That's, that's up my alley, but I've just never done it. I don't even know why I can't tell you why, but because Star Wars is coming, maybe I'll be on board, Matt. Maybe this is where I finally jump in and see what it's all about and get to experience it. In like six years when it finally comes out. When it finally comes out. You're exactly right. Now the game for me, since you're starting on your hypest, 
is my hypest. Alan Wake 2. Yep. The second this started playing, I went, Alan Wake. And you went, yeah, I'm pretty damn sure it is too. And sure enough, there it was. Alan Wake 2. It's real. It's coming. Sam Lake and all the boys and girls are all on board. They're doing the thing. All the original actors, etc., are all there. We get to see it again. And then they made it even better. They went, Eric, <laughs> I know you're happy. I know you're excited. But I really want you to be real happy. We're going full survival horror this time. It ain't going to be adventure action survival horror. Uh-uh. We're going dark. We're going crazy. And on top of it all, y'all already know it's tied into control. What? In, what's that? Oh, that's one of your games you really love, too? Yeah, you know it is. And you're going to be even happier because it's tied into it. This universe is coming together in some crazy ways, and you're going to definitively see it when you play Alan Wake 2, which is going to be super dark, super creepy, super weird. I am so on board. I can't wait. Uh, But like you said, it's probably not even coming 2022. It's probably coming 2023, and probably late 2023 if I had to take a wild stab. At this point in time. So, wow, what a tease. But now I've got years of just waiting in anticipation. It's so sad. I'm 100% on board with that one, too. You said it. You you texted me. I texted you back. We both took a big, giant drink out of celebration. It was fantastic and wonderful. I can't wait to see more of that world. I loved the original story. And then, obviously, I love Control as well. Them tying together, making it weird, making it dark, making it twisted. Seeing my boy Sam Lake, the original Max Payne Uh was on stage. I got to see him and hear him talk. Fantastic and wonderful. But I'm going to say that was the third hypest moment for me. I was very hyped for that. But then later in the show, I got to see a game I I am super looking forward to, but the internet says, oh, it's going to be the worst thing ever. And then they showed gameplay, or at least gameplay trailer bits of Saints Row, the reboot of Saints Row. Uh And I watched them go through this one city, and then they went out to the countryside, and then they went through like a glitzy, super glamorous Las Vegas type of city. And I think I texted you and I went, this looks exactly like San Andreas, which I was in the throes of beating and 100% completing. It looks like the Saints Row version of that. You've got the three different biomes. You've got all kinds of crazy stuff. Saints Row always does crazy mini games and side activities and things. This got me so hyped. The original Saints Row trailer, I went, cool, a new Saints Row, and instantly pre-ordered it. If I hadn't pre-ordered it then, I would have pre-ordered it now because this looked fantastic. I loved it. I can't wait to see more. I'm just sad that now that's been delayed to, I think it was August, what they said. But if they polish it up and they make it shine and they give me all kinds of cool activities, you see him diving and like flying with the wingsuit through the city. You know, they're going to have like a race or a checkpoint challenge with that kind of stuff. Some kind of optional side mission. Every just, I watched that trailer again today and I went, I remember being hyped for this, but now I'm 10 times more hyped because I forgot half of the cool stuff in here. So that's a cool one. Not for me, but I'm so happy that you're going to be happy playing that one. Ark Raiders was my second most hyped moment. Mm -hmm. This came out of nowhere. I I had no idea this thing existed. I still don't even really know what the hell it is. But man, that choice of music and what they showed me had me super stoked. 
first off, graphics, everything, and like I said, choice of music was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Them night scenes with the like them having their uh, the flashlights out and they're running, and then all of a sudden they get caught, and all of a sudden these micro missiles are like flying through the air trying to take them out, and they're just juking and jiving and going through all over the place. Meanwhile, it's telling you, hey, you gotta you gotta hang out with your friends. You gotta try to stop these things. So it's all about co-op. It looks like so you're gonna be playing with friends, playing with buddies, trying to take down these enemies. And in some cases, it looks like you're blasting your way through things. In some cases, it looks like you're trying to do like sneaky missions and not get caught. And then all these really weird, unique like robot slash monsters that they had on the screen going. But they never, never tell you really what the hell it's about or what it is. And then, of course, this individual behind this giant monitor kind of monitoring you know, the scenario and situations, giving orders out to you. I am on board. I don't know what the hell this is yet, but this definitely looks like something I want to play. And it definitely went, this could be a game me and Matt could play. Maybe this is it. Maybe this will be a, a cool Matt Eric game for the Borderlands Nights. Oh, I don't know, but really great choice of music. I thought the whole sequence, the whole thing was really put together very well, especially for a game that I don't think a lot of people had heard of before that very moment. So good on them. I look forward to paying attention, seeing where it goes. Probably not coming out for a year or two, maybe even more, who knows, but still stoked. Yeah, 100% agree. I didn't remember it from the first time going through, but when we mentioned it the day after when we were talking about it, I went and looked it up. I watched that trailer. I got very excited because the giant robot, like, insectoid robot type things uh-huh. it made me think of earth defense force when you're fight when you're shooting up with the giant robots and you're just a little dude running around and you're these things are like massively scaled compared to you and you're taking them on with weapons and then like jumping and dropping things in the vulnerable zone fantastic it just looked like a lot of fun like you said the trailer the music choice was fantastic the whole like retro vhs type of vibe that uh-huh. resonates with me so much I can't wait to play that. That's I'm I'm definitely playing it for sure. If it's co-op and amazing and and we can rock that on Borderlands Nights, then we will be rocking that on Borderlands Nights. I agree wholeheartedly. And then I don't know, I have I have a whole list of stuff, but we're running long as it is. All right, but one more, Matt, because I want to get one more out and I'll make it quick, but one more. All right, one more. I'm going to go with Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. Oh, good choice. Because I love Rocksteady. I love all the Rocksteady Batman games. They're all phenomenal. And just the style of this looks like a lot of fun. You know Rocksteady does good action. My one concern with it is I need to see how all these different styles of character are going to mesh together. Because King Shark's all melee-based and big slamming and jumping and booming and bashing. It looks like Harley Quinn is like acrobatic and like swinging on ropes and things. Obviously Deadshot, or no, it's Bloodsport. Whichever one of those two shooty guys that it is. Dead Eye, whatever. Yeah. I think it's Deadshot, but he, he has the mask on, so I thought it was Bloodsport. Obviously he's all ranged-based, so I want to see how they come together and how if you like choose one for the mission or you hot-swap between them. I want to see what that does, because there's such disparate play styles, it looks like. But... Everything else about it looks phenomenal. I have faith in Rocksteady. They have never done wrong. It looked great. It did look great. That one, I was a complete surprise to me. Mm -hmm. I was completely disinterested. Then I watched that trailer, and I went, oh, I'll be watching this. I'll be watching this for sure. This looks like a lot of fun. Totally reminded me of the Gardens of the Galaxy, which just recently released. Mm -hmm. Like uh, That kind of just fun, but super serious, crazy stuff going on. Can't wait. I'll be watching for it. And then the last one for me, Matt, Homeworld 3. Okay. Okay. This one, this one happened, 
And I've been itching for years for a space game again, okay? Mm -hmm. Star Fox style, mind you, okay, to be specific. I just want to play a game where I'm in a ship in space, cruising through, shooting baddies, doing stuff. This is not Homeworld 3. Nope. I'm not an idiot. I know what Homeworld 3 is. That's chorus. That's what you should be playing. Yes, I know. But this felt like the old man in me needed to check it out because it has some of that. There are space battles. There's things going on, but, you know, it's a real-time strategy. I, I, it's hard to explain. The whole overarching trailer and how it was put together and how they showed you moments of that gameplay and then how you're going to strategically be doing this and that and having to do that. I was like, this feels good. Something about this feels like I could get into this and I could to- totally jive with this. It's not typically what I play, as we've always talked about. Homeworld's nothing that me and you have ever been really big into. But something about this trailer made me go, this might be it. This might be the time I actually get into this and check this out and really play it and give it the old good hoorah. So good on you because I wasn't going to play this. I wasn't going to touch it at all, but this trailer really made it. So I want to give it a shot and I want to at least pay more attention to it. And maybe if they get a demo out, who knows, whatever the case may be, pick this one up and and have a go because, you know, Space Eric needs to be Space Eric. Yeah, I agree with that. I love the trailer and the and the feel of it and the theme of it, mm-hmm. but RTSs are just not for me. I I just I just can't do them. Plus, I'd have to play it on PC, and I don't like PC yeah. gaming. But yeah, it it did make me hype, and I was like, that looks really cool. But it's not for me. What about you out there in podcast listener land? What is for you? What on this giant list did I not even get to that you are the most excited about? Is it the Cuphead DLC? Because that trailer was so cool and so oh, stylish. Yeah. Slitherhead, that crazy ass other survival horror that was just really freaky and strange. I don't know. What about a couple of the indie games that I didn't even have a chance to get because I wanted to say the biggest ones right here. Let us know any of that stuff or comments, questions, concerns. If you just want to say hi, let us know. ThirdShiftMe@gmail.com on the Twitter machine at ThirdShiftMe and find us on Facebook under Third Shift. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. You can find us over there. And also, we're on that little old Patreon where we treat it just like a tip jar. You got a buck, two bucks, three bucks, any kind of bucks you'd like to throw our way to help keep the lights on, keep the bills paid, keep me drinking these Ice Mountain super expensive waters. You could do that. I'm talking. Yeah, that's big money right there. 63 cents a bottle. (laughs) You can indeed do that for us. But if you ain't got money, that's fine. You can support us by, hey, telling us what your favorite things from the Game Awards were. You can talk to us in all sorts of ways, fashions, forms, mailbag questions, etc. All that supports us. All that motivates us and keeps us going. We really do appreciate it. So thank you all. Absolutely. Thank you all. And stay tuned for that very next episode, which will be dropping on or around the 23rd of December and may or may not be an actual show. Who knows? You'll get something from us because you always do. And Eric's giving me the look like, I just want to not do anything that week. No, you got to do stuff that week. We got to do a Patreon thing that week. We got to do a show type of thing that week. It's going to be fantastic. You can find that on iTunes, on Citron, Poppy, and Spotify, and on YouTube. You don't get to say anything, Eric. I do. I do. Because there's two things we need to say. First off, everybody takes breaks for the holidays nope. except for us nope. this is ridiculous we're the hardest man. work at secondly, show business don't worry steve we'll talk again i read your email it was fantastic we'll get to there we'll get there okay because you're a fantastic human being all right absolutely he is and hey as i always say if you like what we're doing you'd like to help us out please give us a like a rating review a comment a subscription any kind of good thing on any of those good services because it does help us out and we really do appreciate it. Indeed we do. And we appreciate those five-star reviews, all those individuals who've given them to us. Thank you so very much. And for those of you who haven't, please do. It is the season 
of giving. And you could give us a five-star rating. And I highly encourage you to do so. Your star will shine so much brighter if you do. I promise you. And with that, there's nothing else to say. But don't forget to say... Sit down.